Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, everyone. A very warm welcome to this festive edition of the Live Lounge. It is Monday. It is 8 p.m. We've all got our Christmas jumpers on. Myself, Bill Bars, Jack Gobby Garwin and Lee Boyce are going to keep you entertained the next few hours looking back on what an absolute belter of a year 2021 was. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we? Oi. <laughs> yeah, all good. I prefer the intro of keeping entertaining instead of talking nonsense, Bill. Certainly prefer yeah, that. That's fair. We'll talk a bit of that as well. We've evolved through the year, That's what it is. He trusts us now. I know. We'll, we'll still talk some nonsense. <laughs> we just won't tell when everybody I'm... that's what it is anymore. They don't know that already. It's their when... own fault. Yeah. When Gob tries to tell me Gary Anderson gets to the world final again. Oh, Gary, Gary. <laughs> uh, but welcome yeah, along, we everyone. Absolute... YouTube comments earlier for not mentioning Gary Anderson as a potential. It wasn't even us. I think it was on Chris Mason's interview. He was like, what on earth? Why is nobody talking up Gary? As if we were just going to talk up all 128 players in the field every single time we open our mouths. And plus, without being horrible, to be talked about to win the world, you've got to actually do something. Did I say that out loud? Not had the best year. It's too many past eight, gentlemen. It's too many past eight. Calm down. We're literally about to do a review of the year, and the point we're making is Gary Anderson has not had a very good year. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but welcome along in the chat room. Loads of you already in, which is absolutely amazing because sadly, this will be the last live land of 2021. Bring a tear to our eyes, boys. It's going to bring the curtain down on the year. 
you say a tear, we say a massive cheer that we get our Mondays back. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't really do, do we? Of course, we have the question in the chat room, who has been the best player in 2021? It is up there. And at the moment, the right man is winning. Um, so there, remember, make sure you drop us a like and come and say hello. And also a massive thank you for getting us past 18K. Next stop, boys, is the big 20K mark. I mean, when I went to school, 19 was in between 18 and 20, but we'll, we'll take 20. Now, That's not Did a big you mark. Did you go to school? I'm yeah, smart yeah. as anything, mate. I was a goody little two-shoes. <laughs> not that That's because you still got three difficult. GCSEs between you. <laughs> um, but um, welcome along, everyone. Um, <laughs> so when's the first land of 2022? Uh, we were talking about that earlier. I think we're penciling in the 10th. I think. Um, After the WDF Worlds. First out, second out, two stall. Yeah, second no, out, be... The first one is going to be my birthday by the looks of it. Is it? The 17th. But for, the, for, for those that are asking as well, not deliberately blocked it off. There it is. It's just where I'm sat. <laughs> um, but Monday, Monday the fourth, Tommy is going to be tough because Lakeside's on, and we're going to be covering that as well. So leave it with us. We'll we'll work something out when the first live lounge of the fourth um, is also 20... a Tuesday. What's that? The fourth is also a Tuesday. I was just reading what was on there. That was all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's media afterwards. Yeah. Um, Very likely. We'll confirm closer to that. Also, yeah, loads of, um, thank you very much, loads of interviews over on our YouTube channel. We've still got another one, two, three to drop before the world starts. Three, is it? Yeah. John Park, MBG, and tomorrow John I've got to sit down with Matt Porter before the world starts as well. So I get to go to Ali Pali a day early and see what it's like. You, you show off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, because as you say, come and say hello in the chat room as well. It's the it's the festive edition. It's the last one, but we are going to look back at twenty twenty one boys and it's a year that that hasn't disappointed has it mm. i mean james wade's no. only one tv only one one tv title but other than that it's been okay bearable that's been the unbearable bit mm, something yeah, like that. so the, the year the year that the year got better after wade had won his move got to the point the year got better from uh march onwards Bill. yeah um, evening, Paddy. Rose is in as well. Uh, Daniel, I'm only about an hour and a half from, from Ali Pali, so it's all good. Um, but I'm going to include this one in because this kicked off 2021. One of the most iconic pictures we've seen 
in the year, the way it was all lit, the Iceman Gallowin Price was the champion. Returned the trophy, starts his defence, boys. How would you rate his year as champion before we look at it? Crap. Not crap. Underwhelming, I think. When you're the world champion, you've done what you've done to get there. He's bullied people on the hockey. He's said enough off the hockey. He has worked his ass off to make the transition from a rugby player to the best player in the world. Unfortunate at times with COVID, etc. Missing the Premier League, obviously not ideal. Um, but despite all that, quite disappointing, I think, that he only has the Grand Slam to show for it. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, Especially in a year where Peter Wright was excellent at one tournament, maybe two. Other than that, been a bit up and down. Michael Van Gerwen has not won a televised ranking event. Your two biggest rivals for the last three years have massively underperformed themselves through 95% of this year, maybe a little bit less if you take into account Wright's success. And you've come away with one trophy that you've held twice already. Yeah, no, TJ, I, I, I'm, I'm with God. For how good Price is, I don't think he's won enough. Yeah, I think he's a I, better player I, than that one trophy. Yeah, well, I have to agree as well. And I think I think Price himself would be disappointed if, if after the Worlds, if someone says this year will pan out and you'll only pick up the slam. I don't think he would uh, he would be too happy with that. Um, it's not a poor year by uh, any stretch uh, of the imagination. However, it, it's underwhelming. It's not it's not what we probably expect after he went on and won the world championship and won it convincingly. Really, in that final, uh, that the top sitting in that final was ridiculous, and the performance throughout that um, expects him to probably push on and win more. It's not a bad year, is it? Let's be honest. You still picking up Grand Slam. But for someone of Price's level, it, it probably is looked at as uh, underwhelming. Um, oh, TJ, absolutely. MVG has had a trash year. 100%. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I 100% said that was happening in January and February last year. I started calling that decline way before this year even happened. But I 100% said that when we had the look ahead to the year discussion at the start, nearly 11 months ago. I still think that he potentially ends up winning the biggest one, but we'll come on to that later on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, from from there, the first TV tournament in the proper calendar, because although this fall, the World Championship falls in 2021, it started in 2020, um, this one, this tournament, boys, arguably changed the whole destiny of the complete year and one man's career because until they announced the changes johnny clayton was not in the masters fast forward he wins it gets himself a premier league place and as they say the rest is history boise yeah i think a lot of the talk about johnny clayton the year he's had has come back to the world tour 
the back end of 2020. However, that gave him the confidence to push on and win the Masters, which was all of his own um, thought. And then, as we've seen, and we'll talk about each tournament that he's then picked up since, and why he's on Destiny still, what, 69% currently of the poll of being the player of the year. And it was because of this tournament and it's all come around from, obviously, there was no, there was talk about how important this tournament would be for the Premier League, but until the semi-final, um, until the final, sorry, panned out as it did with Clayton playing Mervyn King, it certainly put a lot on it and it added that extra to the Masters as well, uh, which made it, I don't want to say that it's irrelevant normally, however, it made it more relevant than what it is, shall we say. Oh. The amount of money that's in these tournaments, it's not irrelevant. It's it's um it's probably it's unranked. A warm up a war a warm up. It's unranked. Warm up, it makes the top relevant, 16 players come back from their holidays earlier and it's a chance for them to try new equipment in front of TV cameras. It's irrelevant unless there's something to play for. It, it's relevant to the Premier League players in preparation. Normal year, not this year, uh, not 2020, but in a normal year, it's, it's relevant in regards to preparation. But I guess one thing mentioned there as well, Dob, is the, the change in the Masters. We haven't mentioned of moving from 16 to 24, um, which was, for me, was a, a very good move. And I believe it's continuing next year. Is that confirmed? Yeah, it's staying with 24, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the right thing to do. Um, It'll be interesting to see if any any relevance around it regarding the Premier League or their picked beforehand. You, you you say it has, but there's an interview coming out tomorrow that still doesn't think the master has masters has any relevance. But we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that tomorrow. Ask Johnny Clayton if it's a relevant tournament of the and it'll be a different answer to. Uh, tomorrow <laughs> um but like, like we said it's interesting that the masters that they took the decision between the break to make it a shootout at that premier league place as as well and it did have did add that extra spice sadly i don't think that spice is going to be there this year no i don't think so look that was a decision made on the fly for the invitational that it is and it worked out pretty well there have been there have been a lot of decisions made this year and a lot of key moments in the PDC and we have given them praise and we have battered them from pillar to post when we haven't agreed. And this was one of those instances where they got it spot on. They left that last spot open. Nobody had really done enough to claim it. The tournament was expanded that had absolutely no significance on this. It wasn't done deliberately. It wasn't set up. They stumbled across it. A little bit fortunate and that's the way the final went. Both players had had a relatively good um 2020 as well Mervyn King made a couple of finals Johnny Clayton was the World Cup champion with Gerwin Price as well so they had some sort of caliber from the season before it wasn't just there on rankings that they've accumulated through pro tours players were aware who they both were they both they both have commercial draw to some extent and they stumbled across that decision excellently it, it made the Masters super relevant we, we were talking about whoever wins the Masters potentially going in the Premier League that was never confirmed before the first art was thrown. It was just the way that it panned out, but it worked out really well. And actually, it was a pretty nice start to the year and plenty of conversations about how this year could have turned out if Johnny Clayton had won it. Mervyn King, three legs away from his first TV title in the PDC. Would that have made 
a massive difference to this year. No Johnny Clayton in the Premier League. Who knows? Who who knows indeed. And then this is probably the low point of the year for me. Move on, move on. <laughs> um, James Wade winning the, the UK Open. God, we'll, we'll let you do this one. But this was the one part of the season where he did actually play well, in, in fairness. Look, since then, I don't think he's hit anywhere near those heights. But at this point, he was genuinely playing well. Not to the back end of the slam. Um, but yeah, this UK Open victory was superb for James Wade. Um, he'd added an extra dimension to his scoring. His finishing was superb. Um, at the same time, um, he'd started picking up Pro Tours, or at least contended on Pro Tours. Let me just check my notes. Doesn't win a Pro Tour till later on. Um, beaten in a final in March, so that's close enough to the date as it is. Um, but he was chucking 100-plus averages for fun in Pro Tours. We don't see that from James Wade. We see him chuck mid-90s, mid-to-high 90s, and he, with a good double percentage. He was tearing people apart with a newfound level of scoring power. Was superb at the UK Open all the way through. And actually, all right, we're, we're going to go on to the Premier League next. So a little bit of a spoiler alert. When Gerwin Price withdrew and James Wade was called up, he suddenly he, he didn't go in as the 10th player and there to make the numbers up. He genuinely started that campaign, albeit without the preparation that he possibly ever wanted, as one of the favourites for the title. The first thing that happened when James Wade got called up but people were saying how close he could come to winning the Premier League after not being included in it six weeks before. Yeah, no, I no, agreed. He was certainly went there as a huge, huge favour of the form he was in. But, boy, see, for me, it's interesting. God touched on it there. His scoring power was another dimension. But since then, we've probably only seen it in one game since, that scoring power. It is literally like a switch. It was on turned off, we saw it for one game against Rob, Rob Cross and flicked off again. Yeah, yeah, spot on. But, but Wade, we spoke about Price sort of not having the year we did following up from the Worlds. We've had um, a couple of others, I won't go into the winners, but a few of the other winners um, of tournaments this year who have gone on and won something. Um, and then Peter Wright being one of them, we haven't seen him perform to those level for months. And the majority of that has been around the, the storming power just hasn't been the same. Um, but as much as I don't really want to say it, I'm with Dob that it was fantastic from round the, when he first came into the UK Open to the final, uh, James Wade in this tournament. Huge shout out to Lou Humphries in this, that semi-final performance he put in against Michael Van Derwen uh, to them to the final. Uh, was very impressive, but then with Dob, there was there was signs then of James Wade that you looked at him being then in the Premier League, and that maybe maybe if he wasn't to win it, but at least get to the final or getting into them semi-finals. Um, but I guess the good news of that happening PBs by James Wade uh, winning the UK Open just before the Premier League then giving his shot means that Wade should miss out the Premier League next year. It's right, isn't it? Unfortunately, he's still going to be in the top four. <laughs> However, if you listen to Peter no, Manley... Man's deserved it. No, look, from, no, sorry, from a pure... Look, the business we do, look, is James Wade a good player? Yes, not arguing that. But in our line of work, it is all about clicks, impressions and views. He does no, no, no. 
16 weeks of no, no, no. The problem is, he does something that from have clicks and views. He drops an F-bomb in it and you can't put it out anymore. <laughs> that, that's the problem. It's either... He do clicks and views. He composed or, it. Or it can't go out. So for 16 weeks for us, it's not good. He's still going to drop us enough lines throughout and whatever else. <laughs> and he's, he's earned um, We're no doubt going to have to do the Premier League, which I have not prepared for in any way, shape or form. But we told everyone we were going to give our 10, so you better get thinking, Gob. Uh, evening, Jamie. Hope you are good. <laughs> and then from there, uh, again, a stagnated Premier League. It was done in sections, in blocks. The first, was it three or four? Four were behind closed doors, and then the last one, we had some fans because Boise was raving it up. Yeah, I just know it's when April and May. Yeah, I think I'm just having to look like. Uh, one, two. Uh, it was a four. Yeah, so three. We've now fans, and then the, the fans uh, came in for the final week. And as you are right, Mister Bars, I was there for. Been four of the five. Um, yeah. For what was a, a, a very, very good, uh, very, very good ending to the Premier League. It was it's a strange one. Hopefully one that we never have a then where it was it was split out like the way it was. I understand why they did it the way it was. Um, made perfect sense at that time. However, for me, we want to see it back once a week on the Thursdays. You know, I'm not opposed to the odd Wednesday, Thursday overlap if they were to come back in but for me it, I didn't like how they, they were in four and fives but totally understandable on this why they've done it but that week then to, to finally have fans back in um, set it up nicely then for obviously down into the match playing the rest of the year but for me it was a very very good Premier League from I guess when it first got announced and the names that were in there and then with Derwin Price um, having to come out due to COVID I wasn't looking forward to it as much, but from the end of it, I thought overall it was a it was a very good Premier League. Yeah, look, I thought the last phase when we had the fans back, although it was only a thousand in there, eight hundred to a thousand, was it? Yeah, yeah. That so, made... I think there was a thousand Thursday, Friday, um, a few less earlier on in the week. Yeah, that just made such a difference. It was. It was unreal. From the um, for those that haven't been at Milton Keynes, the media areas up on the balcony, and we can obviously hear the crowd interaction, everything like that, and sit. And it just made such a difference because those those halls are a lonely place with with no one in there. You can put fake crowd noise in all you want, but for everyone involved and the players, that is, is a lonely place, and that made such a difference. Um, I just remember that everyone was like, "Yeah, you've got to behave. It's not like normal just yet." Literally, second game in. And they're doing congas around the table. It's like, yeah, it's back. Um, Moving on to the the actual Premier League darts itself. It it, it was interesting because Johnny Clayton only just snuck in the back door to this. Nicked the the fourth spot off. He can consider, Dimitri can consider himself extremely unlucky not to have made that top four gob. Yeah, but it was sort of nip and tuck the entire way, wasn't it? We were at the point, I think, on that final night where seven of the eight players could still make 
that finals night. It was it was insane, and I think that reflects the year better than anything else. When the top eight players in the world, ten players in the world, obviously we lost Dozer and Cross early, um, which we'll come back to in a minute. Um, when they're taking points off each other, and no one player is consistently putting the sword to each other, you look how comfortable. Phil Taylor and Michael Van Gogh and have made the Premier League look in previous years. When nobody is doing that, that shows you just how competitive this field is right now. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Um, Evening, Craig, hope you are well. Um, like we said, Glenn Durham, look, we, we all know what happened. Living in that goldfish bowl was just not great for him. Um, and and that showed. I thought Rod Cross played better than what the results suggested. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd say that. I'd say the same thing I've been saying since the Premier League and, and all throughout. And it's it's been the platform that's built up this strong second half of the year for Rod Cross that we'll we'll talk about in a bit as well. Is that it gave him a platform. Before the Premier League, Rob Cross had a massive range of performances. He had so many inconsistencies, and a lot of that was caused by his throw. He had so many loose starts. He tightened up on an awful lot of those over the Premier League. There was still the odd night where it got away from him a little bit. But in the pressure situations and everything else, his throw just became more consistent. It became repetitive again. It became solid, and he put himself somewhere between 90 and 95 most nights, which is solid competitive but it's not going to win the games in the Premier League because that's how competitive the Premier League is so I'm not sure that he should have won more games or anything like that but he built himself a platform for the rest of the year in front of TV cameras against the top players in the world where he just gave himself a base level where Rob Cross is one of the only players in the world that can win a tournament with his B game he produced his B game for 10 nights yeah um, and, Jarlif, if you're going to throw stones in glass houses, my friend, at least get your facts correct. Evening, Mr. Well, it started already. Well, it started already. <laughs> there was four defeats, one draw in there. Didn't lose five from six. There was a draw in there, Mr. Eaton. So if you're going, if you're going to line up catapults, at least get the aim correct. Against James Wade, like, who already let it slip himself. It was just a crazy end to the Premier League. <laughs> but moving on to the, the final of the, the Premier League, um, Johnny Clayton edging out Michael Van Gogh in 10-8. And those, I think it was the last three legs from Johnny. Didn't he go something like 12-13-12 or something stupid like that? Yeah, I know it was literally an absolute bullet from Clayton at the end, just world-class arrows yeah there was and going into that going into that finals night the favorite by quite a bit for me was mvg how he performed he night one he struggled if i remember right and then the rest of then the week we've seen mvg seems to get back to levels that we've seen before and fully expected and how johnny clayton then finished that game and went on to win that day um certainly set him up perfectly for the final and it was it was then it was that confidence that we'd seen from him winning the Masters, taking it into taking it into then 
that finals night and that very impressive win against MVG. Yeah, and then second semi-final, Jose de Salza edged Nathan Aspinall in a last-leg shootout goal to set up the, the final. He didn't... It was quite a weird campaign for Jose. He started slowly. Another one that I think struggled to um, adapt to the conditions. He, he built himself a platform again throughout. He was competitive. There were a couple of nights where it just didn't happen for Jose. Um, but there were plenty of nights where it did, and he was superb. And there was a lot of resistance, shall we say, to include Jose de Salza in the Premier League. And I think he stuck two fingers up at everybody that didn't want him there. Because the crowd loved him. If I speak. Yeah. and The, the crowd loved Rob, him. Whether he's the most athletic player on TV is a completely different matter. Yes, he's, he's getting older. The sport wants to push a new direction of younger players coming through that are perhaps fitter more generally and that sort of thing. But in terms of producing moments of quality, his scoring power and the crowd loving him, Jose de Souza is well up there in terms of marketability. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that. We talked talk, talk about people with... Um, Premier League and being uh, high scorers, most 180s in a Premier League year was done by Jose. We saw him take out a threat out that meant Wayne Mardell lost his voice in the in the tops, uh, the three tops. There was just bits of that. that the was best so result of the week, by the way. He had the night off the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think there was, there was just there was parts of that that, um, and only for me, if you've got to the final in the Premier League. You should be in the following year, but we'll come to our Premier League picks later on. But, uh, yeah. uh, there was entertainment. Uh, there's a lot of entertainment from Jose. And then in the final, it was kind of one-way traffic. From from kind of halfway, Jose never looked like getting near Johnny Clayton. Uh, 11-5. And the ferret is the Premier League champion for 2021, boys. Major or TV title number two for the ferret. Then we had to wait a little bit for the next TV one. We had a few pro tours in between. Peter Wright started running, running his lips, as he says. But this time he went to Blackpool. And arguably, this is the best performance from anyone in a TV tournament across the whole year, boys. I don't think anyone will disagree with that. Right was literally unplayable. It was absolutely ridiculous. The only word, the only way to describe this performance from Peter Wright was it was Phil Taylor-esque. He was that dominant. He was that good. He was that brutal across the entire week. In Phil's den, by the way, in the match play, the scene of... The crime almost, where Peter let Phil walk on in his final ever match play, final first or second, whichever way around it was or whatever, um, and right imploded. He put that right on that stage. He was absolutely unbelievable all week. Um, yeah, literally one of the most dominant performances we've ever. Not just not just in a year, by the way. Not just the the way that he won the. the that's one of the best performances ever. Over a tournament, over a televised PDC major, 
that is one of the best performances ever, not just in 2021. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I don't. Jar's comment. He was only behind one tournament, the very first leg he played against Danny Nopper. Yeah, I know. He was unplayable. Yeah. But since then, the demons have come back. We've had tinkering galore. Um, and he kind of went missing from here to the Players' Championships. We'll come on to that later on. But at this point in the year, we all genuinely thought Wright was going to go on a winning spree. Didn't quite happen, though, yeah. Boise. Yeah. Because it, it, it was no surprise to see him play... No surprise seeing winning. Probably the level of performance was just ridiculous throughout the week. But because we'd seen him win, win uh, some of the Pro Tour events, uh, predominantly the last days, um, there was no surprise that he went on and lifted the trophy. It was just the money that he did it. We expected him to push on and you know lift up more trophies, similar to what we were saying about Durbin Price earlier. There was because he was so dominant in all his games. Um, for me, not not as much the final, but that semi-final against MVG, and it was just so good that we expected him to then push on. And one, I guess, one of the other things from the match play, not only the the fans returning that really stood out in Blackpool. Obviously, talk when we talked about the world champion, one of the one of the moments in this one was his little dance against Dimitri that certainly springs to mind as a. I know it's one of Dobbs' highlights of the year, the uh, dancing Derwin Price. Is it not dumb? <laughs> um, I'll wait for another even, 20 minutes, I can swear it. Um, <laughs> even Mace is in the chat room. Hey, how was your head this morning, buddy? Um, Mace said one of the most, or the most dominant um, performance since Taylor's days. One of them. The only one that I can think rivals it was MVG's 2007 2017 Worlds, when he averaged, was it 100 high 106s for the tournament? But yeah, it's certainly up there without a shadow of a doubt. And at that point, Peter Wright was absolutely flying. Then from there, we had Gob's favourite tournament, the World Cup of Darts in Scotland picked up their second World Cup title. It wasn't the dream team pairing that everyone was hoping for, but it was medium-sized Hendo Weekendo with Peter Wright. And early on in the tournament, Boise, they were ropey, but the final day in particular, they were sensational. Yeah, that they were sensational. And I think there was a lot of, taught beforehand, obviously now, quite disrespectful in regards to Henderson, in regards to if Scotland win it, it's Peter Wright winning the World Cup for Scotland, when actually it was, in a lot of the key moments, it was John Henderson who, who was the man who stepped up at that point, and on the on the final day, it was just, it was a, a fantastic day for Scotland, and because of the performances that he was putting in, as you said, didn't start the tournament great, but got better, and, and that final day was was uh, very good from them to then beat Austria in the final uh, and beat uh, Austria that was in, at a Mensor, the return of Mensor, shall we say, at the World Cup, um, which was also good to see. But who can really moan about Scotland winning the World Cup and seeing the emotion from uh, 
from Jen Anderson on that night. To be fair, this one tournament has potentially saved John Henderson's tour card because of what came with it. If he doesn't win it and doesn't get in the slam, missing out on the world, he's arguably dead man walking. So this tournament has given him a stay of execution. Golf. Yeah, and if it works out that way long term, he's out of blinder because it got him in the slam and he didn't do a lot with it. And it hasn't really been the catalyst that a lot of people hoped it would be for John Henderson in this mini revival of his career. He has not had the best year at all. This was a brilliant moment for him with Peter. He was superb at times in this tournament. As, as enough people are mentioning, and Lee mentioned the disrespect going into this, that if they're going to win it, Peter Wright would have to play a blinder. Peter Wright was, was shocking. As good as he was in the match play, at times in this World Cup, he was dreadful. And John Henderson bailed him out of an awful lot of holes. But he just doesn't seem to have that fight or that extra gear that he needs for the rest of the year. It's going to be interesting. And then from there, we went to... Sorry, Phil, just, just one point on that as well. Oh, Phil, was... Just one point out that was interesting is like the week or two after uh, when Darry Anderson was saying that um, it's only right that does they've won it, they defend it. What will be interesting to see is because we've seen Anderson drop. Yes, he's he's done enough to save his tour card, but it'll be interesting to see if that is just uh, Darry Anderson's decision next year with people like Alan Suter, Uten, Uten Endo above him. Will they all be willing to step back and let Endo go and uh, try and defend his title? Mm, I don't think the players will get a lot of choice in the matter, if I'm being honest. It, I, it, I just think it's easier for Ando to say than it is for someone like Alan oh, Suter, who would be his, yeah. his first time. Yeah, look, to... if, if Anderson says no, he says no. However, I'm not 100% confident if Anderson says no, they go straight to Hendo. No. Not ranking-wise, not when you've potentially got Suits, Andy Bolton, amongst others. Yeah. Andy Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. Yeah, exactly. He's so, well, a Peter Wright, he's English. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to forget yeah. about a man in contention for... Scotland when he's not Scottish. Then moving on, we went to Copenhagen for the first time for the Nordic Darts Masters. And this was significant for many reasons. One, it is Michael Van Gerwen's only TV tournament win in 2021. And two, it is the first time a female had got or had been in a TV PDC final, boys. Pick the bones out of that. Well, it was all Gerwin Price's fault because he made it happen. He let it happen. They should all be saying thank you, Tim, and bowing down to our fearless world number one for being such a generous individual. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, that was just that was just his Instagram. Um, <laughs> I was I wasn't impressed with that when that happened. Uh, look, Gerwin Price did withdraw earlier on in this tournament before he was meant to play Fallon with an elbow injury. 
Um, she was superb at times throughout this event. Um, pushed Markle a lot of the way in that final. Um, the collapse of Dimitri Vandenberg in the game before is, is probably the biggest talking point. Um, not superb averages by a long, long way, but Fallon hung in there, kept hitting him with all the shots, and Bimmy crumbled. And it's another example of a player playing against Fallon up on stage that just did not like what happens when the crowd going at you, when the moment's there to be here. It's just an intriguing moment because there's been a lot of talk recently, especially as people are talking about Fallon's potential inclusion in the Premier League, that she should be celebrated for her achievements as a dark player, not by her sex or gender. But at the same time, the opportunities she's getting at the minute are largely because of those. And then the players are falling apart against her because there still is a little bit of a stigma around losing to a woman in professional darts because it just doesn't happen regularly enough at the minute. Oh, great. I agree. There is a stigma, but this also helps when this one can average it up. Yes. But she didn't average a ton <laughs> against Dimitri. Oh, no, no, she did. No. Um, but yeah, look, D Dimitri, let's not sugarcoat it. His ass fell out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it did. But I guess uh, the, the flip of that is um, yes, Price what, stepped aside, whatever the right, um, withdrew due to injuries, probably the right um, professional term to use. But one thing we've we've saw a lot more since obviously COVID hit, with a lot of players dropping out and reserves coming in and not taking that opportunity. Yes, Fallon wasn't reserving this. However, she got an, an opportunity of being into the semi-finals after winning the first day, and it's someone who who had that opportunity and grabbed it with both hands, and it it put her in good stead. And um, I'm not sure she would have then gone on and achieved what she did throughout the rest of the year if she then if she didn't make the final this year. There's a confidence it gave her down into the the women's series and um, and then going into the other TV events, which I'm sure we'll touch upon, gave her that that confidence that not only can she beat um, men on telly, which we saw with then's men saw and telling the worlds a few years back, that she can compete with the the, the top players in the sport and not just coming through those, like I said, those early rounds in the world. Yeah. Just a, a couple of people on about Price. He's had, like Mason said, um, he came back and he's had two injections in it since. And I, I was lucky enough to be in Copenhagen. And when we were interviewing him afterwards, he physically couldn't straighten his arm fully because of it. So there, there was, a, I know, a lot of conspiracy theories went up and, and everything like that. He was paid to pull out and... And all that, he genuinely couldn't straighten his arm. And his first round performance reflects that because for Price, his standards, it was awful. Just lucky there was nothing in front of him that he had to beat. Yeah, but and if if you're gonna do it for Price, if you're gonna do it in any tournament, it was the right tournament. Um yeah. a World Series event, it was probably the right tournament to do that. Totally understood why you he went to sort of try it out in the first round. Made total sense why you went. Um, but if you're going to pull out of any, it was, it's the ideal sort of event to do that. Well, yeah, because he went and played, he picks up his appearance fee. Exactly. Um, so, from there, after a little spell of non-ranked events, as God likes to point them out, we returned to action this time in Leicester. We weren't at the City West, weren't on the Emerald Isle, it was a familiar feeling. The ferret 
added his third TV title to this glittering collection, Gob. And again, in spells, just sublime in Leicester. The final against Gezi was unreal. Yeah, he was superb. Bit of a wrecking ball. It's a bit like a, a Van der Voort at times where he just got out in front of people and just ran people down. Um, yeah, superb. And the fact it was on the doubles, which Clayton's one of them who seems to have either a very, very high doubles percentage or very low doubles percentage. He's not very level. It's a bit Gary Anderson of old, perhaps, where it's either very on or very not. To go and win a double in tournament is superb. It's like seeing Dave Chisnell make the semifinals and finals of this event. You just don't understand how it happened, but it did happen. He was superb. Um, I guess this is the moment to mention the fact that after waiting all year for crowds to return, probably didn't want them there because they were terrible in Leicester. Um, not in terms of that, but in terms of the way that they interacted with players, one in particular, perhaps, maybe a couple more. Um, if it was, I dare say, if it was a German crowd or a Dutch crowd on the Eurotour, we would have hammered them a lot more than we actually did on this show. Um, and I, in I the main, I didn't think they were that bad. Yeah. Yes, there were pockets within the crowd, but the overall, I didn't think they were that bad. There, there were individuals in there, I'm not arguing that, but overall, yeah. I didn't think the overall crowd were that bad. I, I, I think... You get that in most crowds, though. And the issue is that the PDC product for so long have been more concerned about what it does for a television audience than what it does to the players. And because they've allowed it to grow and, and get worse over time, there's just no way of stopping it. There's, there's no way of curtailing it and, and pulling it back. They've allowed no, it to go on too cool. far. It's all on. It's either as it is now, or it's Lakeside. Yeah. As it as it was back in the day. It, there's there's nothing in between, because yeah. it, it is what it yeah. is. It's juggernaut that's gone too far. Yeah. And the thing is, I I don't really recall any moment where you look at a crowd and go, "That's the moment when crowds change forever. That's when they overstep the line." It's just gradually built up and built up and built up, and you've seen more and more incidents occur flashback to George Noble on a Euro tour, basically offering somebody outside at one point. I know he wasn't, but he's like, oh, he'd do that again and security will have you. I don't really remember any ref asking for best of order, don't call out what a players are throwing. That, that's the main bugbear. I have absolutely no issue with a crowd making noise, supporting their player, even booing to a certain extent, because it is a constant wave of noise the players can set up at the hockey and that's not going to change it's the deliberate shouts it's the whistles it's play it's people in the crowd deliberately trying to affect the outcome of a dart by making somebody else's body do something that they're not intending it to do that's an issue yeah no it it, it is it is what it is unfortunately you're not going to change it so I just think it just has to be embraced the wrong word, but accepted. You aren't going to change it. Um, yes. The, the, the yes and no to that. The, the problem is, is if it goes, like says, what they've built now is sort of the experience that they've got now is either this or, like says, go back to sort of light side. 
the problem is it can't go much further. I agree with you in the sense that there was only pockets, but when they were bad in Leicester, they were really bad compared to what we've seen before. Um, that that was sort of the difference, and it's how far that that and that pushed. Um, it, I just don't want to see it go any any further. There was, there was part in Leicester that I was I was disappointed with. The the good part of Leicester was for the first time I got to meet Dob in person. Uh, that was that was a positive, wasn't it, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both managed to stay awake all and my girlfriend did watching the darts live for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd see you up for that one, mate. <laughs> Nightmare. And then, oh, and then all the trains home got cancelled, and God knows elsewhere. Yeah, that was an eventful night. <laughs> From there, out of nowhere, Rob Cross has waited two years for a title. And he defended the huge chunk of money that was about to come off his ranking. And everyone's saying he was about to do the Titanic. And he produces a tournament win, which we said he was playing well. But I don't think anyone thought there was this coming. Let, 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 let's be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Totally. He, he was playing well and he was getting better, but... So that one and then win the European Championship was not was not what anyone expected or it was a very brave person to be backing him going into that. Um, no surprise to see him, like says, push on and get to the, the latter stages. But to see him go on and win it and the man who he then went on and win it as well, I just thought it was uh, it was very good to see as well because he's, he's dropped a lot down the rankings and would have been even further if he wouldn't have picked up the, the title because he was defending his money um, from two years ago. So... It was good to see it. It's it's another one. Seeing Rob Cross getting back to the levels we can see before, still not there of where he was when he went on and uh, won the world championship. But for me, it was it was very good to see a good a good week for Cross. Yeah, and it, it was interesting this whole tournament. By the way, lucky enough to go to Salzburg. That arena is brilliant for darts, and I expect to see it more on the calendar. What well, I think we'll see maybe the European Championship staying in and around Salzburg, perhaps, because the arena was, was genuinely amazing, perfect for darts. Also, in this tournament, for me, my game of the year happened in this tournament, in the quarterfinals. The MVG price game was just unreal in the quarterfinals. For, for, for me, it was like gripping darts on the edge of our seats, them both going at it. They're both a bit average, yeah. though, aren't they? Yeah, it, it was. It was just. It was with that quarterfinal happening. It was one of them that everyone was building it up and hoping that we'd see the level from both players, and and we certainly did. It was. It was at that probably point, even more than when he won the, the TV title against uh, one of the Nordic Masters, that was probably the point where people are taking MVG more seriously to being back to the, the levels Stan performed. Because Derwin Price pushed him all the way. Uh, and it, it was. Yeah. It's it's hard to think of another one. Or um, there's, there's certainly other dames there, but it, it was certainly in the contender for uh, Dame of the Year. Yeah, completely. And then... Shot no, I, I just want to say, Cross has been in finals in 
alternate years, three times at the European Championship, if he learns how to play in the European Championship in an even ending year, he'd be superb. Yeah. Then we all <laughs> went to the Shocking. Yeah, for, Rob Toss in the European Championship. Rob Toss in the European Championship could be Derwin Price and Aldersley Leisure Village, doesn't it? If it was, yep. he played to the same level on even years as he does odd. It won't be because we ain't going back to the Aldersley Leisure Village, that's for sure. I mean, that was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, relationship, that relationship will still be the same now. Derwin Price will always love Aldersley Leisure Village. It'll just be something of the past, potentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> From there, we went to Amsterdam to the AFAS Arena. But Johnny Clayton has added TV title number four of the year and joined a very, very, very exclusive club of players to win four TV titles in a year. Until this point, it was only Bill Taylor, Michael Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson. What a role of honour to put yourself on, Gob. It's a nice little club, isn't it? It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't mind going and having a game with those three. Bit of blind pairs. You wouldn't mind who you paired with then either, would you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, look, what, a, what a club to join. Just sensational. Yeah. It's not even round the year off because we do still have the World Championships to come. But Johnny Clayton has been superb. And the only issue with this year is that Johnny Clayton has a knack of winning tournaments that mean bugger all to his world rankings. <laughs> yeah, but you say that. He's world number world number seven or eight, and he doesn't do well in ranked. Can you imagine if he did well in ranked majors? Well, he's won one rank, but he's been superb on the floor as well. Let, let's not forget that. If, if the prize money carried for the events he's won as well, where would he be? Uh, uh, the, but the flip of that, he's he's world number eight, but he's got nothing to defend. If you looked at it that way, there's everything he's got to defend. He's in other tournaments, so there's not there's not really any defending money going into next year. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, looking at the World Series of Darts final again, you need a little bit of luck sometimes in tournaments, and Johnny. May have just got a bit of the rubber of the green in this one. He edged out his World Cup winning teammate in the quarterfinals. Was Gezi was he nine five up? It was he had a ridiculous lead. He was a long way ahead and he didn't finish his yeah. lead. Yeah. Basically, well, what then happened the, is, the FIA said that everybody can go past and then put him on different tires and sent him off to get him on the last lap. Rule number 15.3 is the equivalent of rule one. Wrong sport. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, going back to it, Gezi couldn't finish his dinner. Clayton got a little bit of luck. But from that moment, again, unplayable. Two ton-plus averages in the semi-final and final, beat Dimitri Vandenberg. And if we're being honest, Dimitri's run to this final kind of came left field because at this point he was in no form whatsoever. 
made two finals this year, and we haven't really heard a lot about Dimitri. He won the match play that sort of came out of nowhere behind closed doors. We questioned if he was able to do that because of the fact there was no crowd there, despite him being one of the players that normally revels being up on stage. He's had the leg injury at times. He's had tournaments where he's been knocked out first round, but he's also made two finals, lost in that match play final to Peter Wright. I don't think anybody was getting near Peter Wright that day. And loses to Clayton as well. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird year for Dimitri Vandenberg. Nicely placed, hasn't done an awful lot. We'll get to that number, that group of 10 later on, but I think he might be in there regardless of what happens later in the year because of his world ranking position and the fact he speaks six different languages and God knows else what. Um, but yeah, he's, he's another one that you, you perhaps just a little bit more from him this year. And I know that's harsh to say. And, the thing is, we're saying this a lot this year that we wanted more from certain players, but okay, we've got a full complement of pro tours, but only two Euro tours, I think is a massive difference because if players go on and win them, which I think Dimitri Vandenberg is the sort of player that will pick up Euro tours in the in the coming years, especially if that calendar returns to 10, 12, however many Euro tours we get. He loves playing in front of a crowd. He's got the ability to do it on that weekend. Shorter races as well. We'll see more from Dimi, and that will, A, add to his ranking, B, it'll give him the confidence to keep winning on TV, that sort of thing. So, yeah, look, I know it's harsh that we're judging players that perhaps haven't had 12 Euro tours and everything else that will suit these players. But, yeah, I just felt like, despite two finals, he never felt he was really in either of them. And you just wanted that little bit more from him. I think it's that we can't judge, judge, the, the, judge them on the tournaments they've played. And yes, unfortunately, yeah, I think, haven't been played. Yeah, I think on that one, I agree that we expected more. But the reason we expected more is because he won one without fans in. He obviously won the match play without fans in. And he's a player who we associate with playing better with fans. So to then see him win one yeah. without fans in and not then push on and win one when they return this year was probably more the surprise. But we are probably understating the year that he's had because he's still had a, a, a good year in regards to the finals. It was just the... There's a few players who was talking about played better, probably without fans. Joe's out and maybe fall into that category. The flip of that is people like Asp and MVG and then Dimi certainly comes into that conversation of when fans return, we expected a certain level from them. And maybe that we was expecting a little bit too much from Dimi in what has been a, a, a good year. Yeah. yeah. And I guess my point also comes from the relevance of of not having MVG right and Price winning everything in a year where Michael Van Gerwen has, has not won a ranked televised title. There's so many more for everybody else to go around. And if, all right, Johnny Clayton's won four of them, so that swallows up an awfully large chunk of it. But at the same time, last year was was possibly the most diverse year of TV title winners we've ever seen in the PDC. This year must be close numbers wise but i possibly think a little bit down on that and after you've had that diverse year and then that diversity seems to continue because your big three struggle you just expect those opportunities to come again because at some point in the next 18 months you fully expect going price to get a clean slate help where he's not hampered by covid with the premier league and that sort of thing and a clean run at everything michael van Gerwen will win tv titles again i'm not sure he's going to win one this year right off completely but the performances are getting back the confidence are getting back the action looks very very good 
Peter Wright is capable of winning tournaments whenever he pleases. I think he will start to be a little bit more selective. The man plays in everything and anything, and I'm not sure that's very good for him. But if those three return to the dominance that they are and pick up two, three titles a year between them, especially the ranked ones, doesn't leave a lot for everybody else to go around at that point. No, no, and you have to make the most of it whilst they're not struggling, but whilst they're not winning. Yep. Uh, before we move on to the next one, chat room absolutely on fire. I promise we're not ignoring you. We're clocking the questions. Um, Shane from Dublin, we'll come to yours when we answer some questions, mate. Great question. Um, also, there's some absolute belts in there. Big Johnny, um, the Aspen injury one, we'll come on to that as well. So don't panic. We're not ignoring them. We will come to you as always. And remember, make sure you drop us a like. Only 36 you boys can do better, boys and girls can do better than that. Now, from Amsterdam, we returned to Wolverhampton. And if you didn't guess it by now, it was a familiar feeling. Three tournaments in the Aldersley Leisure Village for Gerwin Price. And he is a three times Grand Slam champion as he lifts the Eric Bristow Trophy. And Boise, was there ever a doubt it was going to happen? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Not really. Um, probably, the, probably the draw, um, quarterfinal draw, when it came up that he was playing Johnny Clayton and the, the form that Johnny Clayton was doing in a then Sturwick Price. I think after losing something like eight on the bounce to Price, he'd then won the last two or three, um, one of which being at the European Championship. So... I think going into that, there was talk, but actually performance-wise, the only real person who I felt pushed him was Bradley Brooks in the second round um, in, in what was a very good tie. But overall, his, his name was on it for me. Dobbs done a disagree with me looking at his face. <laughs> well, you say it was ever in doubt. The man nearly didn't get out of the group, for Christ's sake. He started this tournament terribly. He got better throughout, but actually, if you ask me who had a better tournament up until that final, the man he met in the final had a far better tournament. It, and he struggled at that. Well. He, he entered through his first game, however, he did qualify after two games. The final game was a was a dead rubber for him. Yeah. He'd already qualified. Like, he, yes, he went on and lost it to Schindler, but he was already through after those two. Totally much away, better than that, sure. Maybe, but he's one leg away the opposite way. From it being a disaster. And I know you get those ah. moments. Peter Wright had those moments in the World Championship. Most players yeah. get those moments right. in a tournament somewhere. You need those moments of luck, as, as we keep saying. But yeah, I'm not sure this one was as clear cut. He was very, very good towards the back end of it. Very good against Johnny Clayton. Very good against James Wade, who was a little bit flat after being sober before that. And he was very good in the final against the worst Peter Wright we've seen since he played with Phil Taylor looking darts at the Pro Tours eight weeks ago. And also, the tournament win meant Gezi would go to Ali Pali as the number one seed as well. Because at this point, there was a few question marks in and around. Would he be caught? But this one meant he would not, and he would go to Ali Pali as the number one seed. Shawnee Mack is in as well. Hope you are well, mate. And if you can just well, win your first round game. I think that means he can't be caught afterwards as well, because the closest competitor to him is Peter Wright, who is defending 
winner's money. So I'm not sure he can be caught as a result of the World Championship either. Maybe Marco Van Gerwen. I'd have to double check the numbers. Um, But it was the win against Johnny Clayton that secured it because that got him far enough to stay ahead of Peter Wright, even if Wright had won this tournament just. There was a possibility that Peter... Johnny Clayton could have right. ruined so, Gerwin Rice's even more by beating him and then Wright going on to win the title. Technically, Peter Wright could be world number one on January the 3rd. Peter Wright would have to win the world championships and Gezi would have to fall in round three. Fallon. To Fallon. <laughs> 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 Which stop going price being world number one if Peter Wright wins the tournament. That's a big game. What's the beam? Um yeah. so yeah, that's also that that name mentioned there, Fallon, probably a talking point as well. As you said, one of the dames of the year we had uh with NVG and Price. Probably the one of the moments of the year, if not the moment of the year, was in the slam. Uh, we've fallen in that one seven seed, and Slemons uh, certainly one that Starby mentioned because of what it what it done, and once then pushed her on to another level. We said that I was saying about the Nordic Dart today with that confidence, but then this just pushed her on again, and then didn't it? I won't. I'm, I'm not going to name name and shame them. However, when that one seventy went in in the press room. Press room's normally quite quiet, isn't it, boys? So there's a little bit of chit-chat, but it's normally people are working, getting their heads down. That leg, everyone stopped. All eyes were on TV. And when that went in, I'm not going to lie, the roof almost came off the press room. I'm not, I'm not going to name and chain the people that, that were there, but <laughs> the, the cheer and the roar was unreal. No bias in the press room, though, is there, Phil? Not at all. Hashtag numbers. <laughs> Dob, Dob, there's only Phil sat in there. He's on his own. He's just sat on his own. That's how I say. That's how I say Phil from throwing everyone under the bus. Who he said that was in the press room. It was just him. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, the, the roof came off the place. It was unreal. But it, I gave it his yeah, what, Alan what Suter is in Suits is in the Alan house Suter. as well. I hope you are well, mate. Shorty Mac's practice partner, I believe. Uh, I'm getting ready. By the way, Shorty Mac is still absolutely ribbing Suits on my interview that I did with him in Budapest. I asked Suits a question. He's like, no, I'm not telling you. So me being me, went round the houses, two questions later, got the answer I wanted, and Shorty Mac is literally not <laughs> Not letting that make sense. <laughs> um, oh, Rose, I'm not even going to hide the fact I cheered. Not even going to hide it. <laughs> um, and then from there, we went to the final TV tournament of the year in a rather cold Butlins in Minehead. And I tell you what, this tournament had a bit of everything. I picked this picture deliberately. Because normally when people pick up the trophies, they're happy in that. But that's a bit of a snarl and a glare from Peter Wright because it all kicked off in my head when he fell out with Adrian Lewis and ever since he was booed. And not once in that presentation party 
Did Peter look like he just won a TV title, Boise? Yeah. Well, he's one of the most talked about probably moments of the year when we're not talking about the sort of big shit outs. Away from actually the board was the, the moment of Wright and uh, Lewis. And it did. I know Roy touched upon before in uh, Holland that he's had the fans against him. But when it's in the UK, he's normally one of the best supported when he's coming onto stage, not just throughout the day, but when he's coming onto the stage. We was even hearing booze when his name was being mentioned, and it it certainly rolled him up differently than what it did, and that and that picture does sum it up. That probably is that what we saw um, from Royce then the rest of the weekend, and it was it was very strange to see because like says he's not a player we expect the fans to to react that way to him. He's normally a, a fans' favourite, but, but yeah. fair play to him to doing on and doing on and lifting that does. That that final leg, the pressure he's under, just shows what quality that Peter Wright has got. I will add with a caveat of if he uses the same deep, same darts for the whole tournament. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, you took the words right out of my mouth, Cobb. There's no surprise that he wins the match play with a set of gold diamond element 11s. He then spends four months farting around. He comes back to Minehead, plays with those same gold diamond element 11s and wins the title. I'm not, I'm not no, no rocket scientist. <laughs> I've been convinced that the world championship darts were the better darts for him, the ones that he won the world title with previously. Um, we've seen him use them at moments. I think he won the Masters with them when he, when he went to win that previously. Um, but yeah, those element 11s suit, going, uh, suit Peter right right now to the hill. The straight barrel has always been the one for him. I think anybody and everybody can see that. He's obsessed with trying to emulate Phil Taylor by the looks of things. The amount of times he swaps back to the 9-5 style bomb occasionally, which means he's completely lost his head because he goes to them stupid plastic kite flights as well that aren't quite kites, whatever they are. Um, but once he goes back to these with that flight and the, the Dimplex plastic flight on it as well, he's very, very good with them. He's very, very good with lots of things, but he's very, very good with them, and he just needs to stick with them now. I tell you, in terms of interviews and content that we got over this weekend, was absolutely insane. There wasn't just that. It was one of the ones that I had to cut a line at, and one of the one of the PEC staff said, "I wish I could let you leave that in there because it is brilliant." Our, our our friend old um old Vincent dropped an absolute <laughs> belter of a of a line. The the, the, the question was, um, now he, now stage two's done. How does the dynamic of the tournament change? And he was like, I don't really know. I've only been on stage two. That's where they put the players. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just absolutely genius from from Vincent. Um, also, Michael went on the rampage backstage as well when it was freezing cold. He did his ITV interview and then unfortunately the, the, the PDC official that was on duty that day got it both barrels and miraculously, next day they put their Peters were on when we arrived. It went from freezing yeah. cold to uh, Tropicana drinks are free. <laughs> hey, it's been a worm. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was. It was um, it was remarkable. But that summed up 
there. Also, massive shout out to Ted Evans um, winning the the World Youth. But we're going to finish a look on the year with this picture. We started with one similar. But we're just going to finish with this image. The Sid Waldell Trophy returned to Alexandra Palace for the 2022 William Hill World Star Championships. It's going to be interesting, boys. It's going to be 16 emotional days in the Big Brother house. And you. I am absolutely buzzing. But bang it wrong, over the next three weeks, my caffeine levels aren't going to be great. <laughs> but when you see that image, the stage, the trophy, you can't help but get goosebumps. Yeah, I'm, look I'm with you. That since since we was on since we was on uh, two weeks ago now is it? And the draw was made. Um, I think my excitement has just been building little by little. Seeing the adverts. Uh, like this reference. Reading... Yes. Yeah. Seeing the uh, seeing the adverts. Seeing all the images. Everyone pumped up for it. Reading the uh, the previews that Jar's been doing on our websites, all sorts of them is just for me. Is just building up more and more for one the World Championships just being here, two it being back and being back with fans. Boris, if you it's after nine o'clock. If you screw it up, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> but it's going to be good to have it back. Have it back with fans. Um, and I'm, I just can't wait for it to start. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When the news brief came out yesterday at like half five, saying Boris is going to brief the nation at eight, I was like, "You don't you dare. Don't you in dare. But yeah. he didn't. And so. I, think, I was worried not only for that, it's the fact of him doing it on like the Thursday then. So we have one day of fans. I know last year we had that one day and it wasn't full, but it gave us a taste for it. And then it was the next day. Sorry, see you later. No one's in. And they've done a good job because I love the Warton and how that works with the Warton being um, centre and that photo sort of sums it up. But can't wait for it to be back and tuning and seeing Christmas parties and all that sort of fun. And it being a, a, a full Alexander Palace on Wednesday evening and onwards. Yeah, oh, completely. Um, so that was a look back of the year. Boys, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I haven't warned you about this. Your one, only pick one memory of what we've seen in 2021. One one memory, one game, one moment. What would it be? And to you guys in the chat room as well, your one moment of 2021 it can be a game it can be a moment it can just be something what was it um done first job uh no you go first um i think mine might bring you out of it so we'll get yours out of the way yeah so phil away from the dartboard it was obviously being in Blackpool when everything opened back up and being able to hit pop world on uh, night one, that was that was a highlight. <laughs> um, 
But, but that aside, for me, being where I was on the night when Fallon took that 170, yeah, that was that started with a moment for me. Uh, and the fact that I'm on the back of that picture just made it even more special for me in a groovy shirt. So, but yeah, that, that moment just sort of, I don't want to say came from nowhere, but that one moment of Fallon taking out that 170 was just incredible. Dop. Mine wasn't a precise moment. Mine was over a week or two, but it was the response and the reaction from the darts community when we lost Kyle. That was superb for me. I bit emotional. Um, yeah, but yeah, that 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 meant a lot to me. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's an unbelievable one. Plenty in the chat room as well. Um, Mace says the game between Price and MBG, Fallon's 1 4 1. Um, Clayton and DeSales are miscounting. They're, they're, they're always up there. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like PB, you're trying to stay away. We want it because you've not said yours. Um, no, I'm just, just thinking. Um, yeah, look, obviously what, what Gob said, and arguably that's my worst moment of 2021. Um, I remember getting the, the the call at five in the morning and it just felt empty. Um, but like Gob said, that for every disappointment in life, there's a response. And look, darts social media can be a cruel place at times. But that showed that there was also a lot of good there as, as well. The money they raised for, for Kyle's family was just heartwarming. Um, but there is some good in there because at times, like I said, it can be a cruel place. But the way everyone came together was was sensational. So I'm going to have two. Off the hockey, I completely agree with Gob. Um, on the hockey... I'm going to go close to yours, Boise, but I think the one-four-one was better from Fallon. That shall the, the one-four. Shall we just combine yeah. it as one big moment? <laughs> yeah. Um, look, look, yes, she divides opinion because of everything it, it, it is in the world. However, she's got one hell of a set of cojones. Because if Price MBG was doing that, we'd be saying balls of steel to to do yeah. it under under those moments. Um, so yeah, that's that that's mine. And to be fair, even the um the World Championship cover split opinion on social media when the PDC released it. Who was centre stage? <laughs> Um, so yeah it's um no that they're they're up there with 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 me um but it's all good we've still loads to look forward to so 
Yeah, we're on to the live league as well. We'll come on to the live league in a week in darts because that was certainly absolutely unreal for finals week. Um, so I'm just gonna, we haven't got many other pictures teed up, so I'm just going to get rid of that and I'm going to put the, the other... Put that one back up so we can go... Um, a week in darts, boys. It's been it's been interesting. Before we come on to some questions, um, the WDF draw and schedule. Sorry, I'm going in here. here the go. draw. No, look, I've, I've done it to the PDC, so people can't say I haven't. The fact that their world championship draw was not live was an absolute shambles. I've panned the PDC for it, so people can't say I haven't. Tournaments of that stature and magnitude, the draws, should be live. Not just in darts, in any sport. Right? I'm not, for one minute, suggesting that the draw was done again or anything like that. But, if you're a player and you've got a NAF draw... How do you know that hasn't been? That seed of doubt will always be there. Where if it's live, you can't get out of it. Yeah. It's not just the world. It's not just the WFA. All draws should be live. There should be. That's what I said. It's not just that. I'm paying the PDC for it. Yeah, yeah. And it was a mistake that we hammered one one organisation for and the other organisation went and did exactly the same thing. And that was a little bit... It's important. At no point yeah. are we accusing any of the organisations of anything, but there will always be that moment of doubt because, as sport has quite clearly shown in the last four, five weeks, governing bodies are starting to show their true colours. That good for TV is more important than sport and integrity. And I think that's the politest way of putting. The F1 result, potential selection of Premier League and everything else. There are very, very blurry lines right now in sport in general between sport and integrity and pushing a product that's good for TV. So on yeah. the, on that one, because we are we are solely talking about the draw, we've seen today what can happen with a live draw. And if that wasn't live that draw that was happened in the Champions League probably would have stayed as it was, but because it was live, questions are asked, and then it had to be redone, which is the same as, I'm, I'm the same as you, I'm not saying that anyone has done anything dodgy with any of the draws. However, it could have been hidden quite well, i.e. today's could have been edited out that that team wasn't mentioned, and it was just the second team yeah. that was pulled out. So, for me, it has to be live, and I guess the second part to that for me is we've spoke on previous shows about sort of ticket sales and how many people are going to be sort of tuned into the WDF. There's a timing of it overlapping with the PDC. I just think there's a there's an opportunity there, and I know that the TV channels have got to buy into it, but there's an opportunity there to, to promote that on your show, to have a 15 minute, similar to what they've done with the Worlds, the PDC with Sky Sports. There's an opportunity there for it to be on their channels for 15 minutes, just doing the draw, and it sort of brings yeah. that hype and that that there's some of the draws and some of the first round and second round toys that, that we know we're going to have. 
are very, very good and very intriguing. But you've done it on a pre-recorded draw, and there's just an opportunity there that's just, for me, has been totally been missed by the WDF, which is a shame because yeah. the reason to be some, like, as I said, quality ties from first round all the way through to the final. Especially at... Yeah. It was a reasonably high production draw and studio that they had. It looked pretty good. I wasn't expecting that, I'll be completely honest. And it, it yeah. looked superb, but the issue is that it just wasn't live. And like I said, they've missed an opportunity there. We've hammered the PDC for it. It doesn't have to be high production. It doesn't have to be all whistles and all bells and whistles. You don't even have to put graphics on the screen. You can go back and do that later. As long as there is a live stream somewhere on the internet of a broadcast of that draw happening at that exact moment, there cannot ever be any questions. Yeah, massively. And what's your thoughts on the the scheduling? Because I know that it was very differing opinions in our WhatsApp chat, but for me, the tie of the first round is Martin Adams against Jared Cole, and you've put it on first. It's just a waste for me. Potentially, it's a waste. Potentially, it's a very, very good move. And I understand why people are saying it's a waste completely. But at the same time, over the two days that you have the opening rounds of the WDF World Championship, you're going up against the semifinals of the PDC World Championship which potentially are going to be eight players, all with a far bigger commercial pool drive. They've already got the bigger audience, the TV, the market really, the lot. It's already on a better channel for people to watch in the UK as well. Without being disrespectful, from what we've seen of the draw, from the from the show we did last week, from analysing it, the worst quarterfinal ability-wise, or from the way that we've planned it out, the easiest route for someone to come through, or the most open or whatever, doesn't involve one of the big, big boys potentially, will be at the same time as Martin Adams versus Jared Cole. It is an option to go up against the easiest win they're going to have against the PDC over that 48 hours and hopefully retain an audience from doing so. You put that on because it's on earlier, start it before, have a really, really good game for that. People won't change the channel. You're hoping for that at that point. And you're hoping that it drums up interest from the opening moment you start with a bang people are going to notice you throughout that week that has to be a showcase for people to come back especially once the pdc is finished but if you can retain some of that audience you play an absolute blinder their hands are tied by when the event is yeah the crossover is not ideal for anybody you've got the scheduling crossing over with the pdc world championship and then q score at the back end of it as well it's not worked out amazingly the venue have basically forced the date from what we can gather instead of potentially moving to Easter, but then you had the potential of being jumped ahead of by Mad and there's a race to get that one on as well. The hands are tied, but I think apart from the draw not being live, I don't think they've done a massive amount wrong. People are saying about Brian Roman being on at the same time as the PDC World Final as their number one. The issue is I don't see Brian Roman as the most commercially viable person in that draw. He may well be the one in that order of merit, but that doesn't make him the one that's going to have the most eyes on him. Right, but here's my one. that There is a gap. Look, I get what you're saying, God, but I don't disagree. However, the bit that I'm saying is Sunday afternoon, 
there is no PDC darts. So if you want to showcase it and get all eyes on your best game, then the, that Sunday afternoon is the perfect one because you're not competing with anything. So showcase your best game of the round. One's a legend and one's an up-and-coming hungry young star. Put that prime time Sunday afternoon when you're not competing with anything. Because then you're drawing all the darting audience when there's nothing else on. Yeah. I, I also think as well, does the, I know the sessions are, are split as well. There's an opportunity from that Sunday. Why does that Sunday need to start at, at one o'clock? Surely there's an opportunity as well to bring that forward. Obviously, we don't want to be starting so early in the morning. But why can't that session start at, say, 11 and even? It gives you more opportunity. Um I understand the argument from both points with the Adams and Cole, but they've sort of shot themselves in the foot with an early decision that that is always going to clash, or some of the big toys are going to clash with the PDC because of the timing of it. I just think there's there's other opportunities there that they've not taken. Hopefully, because it's there, the WDF first world title not being uh, BDO, that we'll, we'll see this improve down into next year and, and future years, and hopefully... It will get the tub region from Monday onwards, Tuesday onwards. But yeah, I think they shot themselves in the foot a time ago when the when the announcing of the tournament was. It was always going to be very difficult, especially as some of the draws panned out to dead them all in a slot that was going to be viable for darts fans to see that as well as the PDC quarter semis and finals. Yeah, well, I just don't think it was a, the, the smartest move. But it, now, now it is there though. Uh, early, we've had you've had time to digest the draw and everything like that. Who'd you fancy for Langside? I don't know why I didn't expect this question. <laughs> um, Dob, you think the first this time? It's your turn, surely. <laughs> um. One for me, I didn't just see him having a good run. It's hard to, hard to pick the winner, but one to see him having a good run is, is James, Richard, James Richardson for me. Obviously, Shawnee Matt does his tuning in, but um, another one for me is James Richardson. I can see him having a good run and, and, and pushing all the way. Um, one, I was, one I was really looking forward to was Jared Cole, but he's not done for that first round tie, which is ridiculously tough and not the one you want but then it like says if we're talking about it after that first round tie he's going to be a name that's in the in the mix but um james richardson's the one i will go for now for you god good question it's an interesting that there are there are so many players in there that have just the ability to turn it on and i think I don't think this WDF is going to be decided by who turns up with their A game. I think it's whose B game beats other people's B game. Because yeah. there's so many players in yeah. this draw that just don't have the televised experience. Either some of them do. Some of them played in, in BDO World Championships before, um, have been to the lakeside, etc. Um, but it's just so hit and miss. And the other thing for me that's actually quite annoying is that there are plenty of players in this draw that have played in the in the live league and they all seem to have matched each other 
in the opening couple of rounds. So they're just going to start knocking each other out. If they were separated a little bit more in a draw, it could have just been another episode of the Live League from the quarterfinals onwards. Um, but yeah. it just looks like they're just going to fall beating each other before you get to that point. Connor Scott is in great form. Tough tie if he gets through Sean Burt against Thibaut Trickall, who we, we've seen his calibre in the last week in the live league. Um, can't look past Shawnee Mack. If he's beaten Alan Zuter, he's playing very, very well. Um, both of those have had fantastic years. Jared Cole, another superb young um, young player. Um, I went big on Leighton Bennett when he was involved two years ago. But a 14-year-old world champion, I genuinely think Luke Littler has the game to do this over the extended period. And he's just not afraid of anybody. And the fact that there's so many in this field that just don't have the experience up on that stage could work for him. I'm going with Luke Littler. There's a few. Like you, I, I was looking at that and I was looking at who's in what quarter I really like the quarter of the draw that Mike Warburton's in yeah really like that quarter I think Mike Warburton comes through his quarter and gets to the semi-final I think if he doesn't he's beaten by Jim McEwen agreed yeah um, but I, I, I really like Warby from that quarter, the top quarter. If he gets through Jared Cole, I think Martin Adams gets through that. Just his TV experience and prepping for one game a day will suit Wolfie no end. Yeah. But getting through Jared Cole is no gimme. If he, if he no. comes through that, I, I fancy Wolfie. Um, then the, the bottom half, Again, Connor Scott has played some amazing stuff, but his A game is very good. But again, like Mason, you have said, the B game needs work. Like we saw in Champions Week when he was on, sensational. But the B game was more like a C game. There's that level's not there yet. If he turns up, he'll be amazing. I think Shawnee Matt comes through Dave Paoletti, um, and I think it will be. He'll play the winner of Scott Marsh, or I think James Richardson's beat Sebastian Steyer. Then Marsh against Steyer is, an, is a um, Marsh against Richardson's a great game. I think the winner of that little quarter may come through. Um, but there's there's one name in here, and look, this is a very big if here. You're not if if. He gets it right. For me, he has the best A game in this field. It's Cameron Menzies. Lee, how do you not know who this is? Lee, Lee looks like he didn't know who this I do. was. No, <laughs> I genuinely I'm, think I'm, Cam, I'm, I'm Paul, I'm Paul Cameron Menzies' A game my head is unreal. I, I However, Rob, the, uh, the B game wins this. But, however, for Menzies, whoever's looking after him that week needs to be like a minder. Literally, you handcuff yourself to him. And I know this, I know this from thing. Like I had to go around Southampton trying to find him when he was lost. <laughs> um, 
sort of thinks that having a couple win Yarmouth and everything there translates to Fallon winning the PDC Worlds and Cameron Menzies winning the PDO. No, I, I, I just think that Menzies' A, a game is absolutely... Holiday Park. Inside the Valley Valley. We've seen it on the Euro Tour when he averaged 107. Like Big Johnny Tony's a liability. I'm not arguing that. But if you can get him in the right frame of mind... The action is like Gary Anderson's. It's Rolls Royce. It doesn't break down. I think, for me, for me, at the moment is, is someone who's more likely to win a weekend type events than I, I expect him to own win a, a week's lund. Um, and he's probably going to produce some of the best moments of this tournament because he has that totally in his locker. But him to do one and win it, I just struggle because he's. As much as his A game is probably one of the best, his B game is one of the worst. Oh yeah, look, I'm not arguing he's a liability or anything like that. I just think that if if you can hook it, if he can hook it up, he's going to be sensational. But if if you had a gun to my head for consistency, Martin Adams. I just think. Out of everyone, he's got the best B game. Uh, he does, but always. And I, I know the live league days are long days, but he gets a rest between every seven legs or so. And my concern for Wolfie is quarter semis and finals when that is a proper distance, because this isn't the PDC. They're not stopping every thirty seconds for the for the TV breaks. They break once. No, it won't be on, not if it's on Eurosport. There'll be scheduled breaks. Be every two before sets. it was only because it was on the BBC. There was no breaks. Where this is on Disney Plus, Quest, and whatever else is on in Eurosport, there will be scheduled ad breaks. That might help him then. But all I know is this one is wide open. I think. Oh, completely. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely looking forward to it. Romans in, in number one. The, the subplots are unreal. Yeah, Richard Veenstra. PB, if 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 you are right though, and Tamron and Tamron Mendes does that one and win late side, I would love to be in late side with him that night because that will be one hell of a party. <laughs> Again, Gary Anderson's darts ended up at the bottom of the lake. I'm concerned about Cammy. <laughs> it's easy. He's throwing with Chris Doby darts at the moment, so they're easy to replace. Just get him out of the packet. Um, but yeah, no, the look, buzzing. What's that? We talked about the ladies. I was about to say, coming on to the the, the ladies' draw. Um, obviously, the, the the story is Fallon pulling out. Look, none of us were surprised. Um, we'd all been planning that she wasn't in it, so. There's, there's there's no thing in that. The ladies, the ladies is interesting for me, because unlike the men, for me the seeds, barring one that's not seeded, are very much stronger than the qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. Where where the other one is wide open, and the, the non seeds are arguably. Stronger than some of the seeds. Yeah, you've just seen what I've seen, Gov, in the chat. 
Um, <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> Oh no, I've just had a message. Oh. About the darts that Cammy's using. <laughs> um, and the subplots. Yeah, <laughs> Next. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, Suzuki's not seeded, but the rest of the, the eight, well, sorry, the, yeah, the eight seeds are a lot stronger than the non seeds in this one. Um, when you say that, in terms of performances at the Lady Series, okay, we didn't see Zilstra, we didn't see Arlene de Graaf. Lorraine Hyde outperformed a large number of those seeds. Laura Turner did. Corin Hammond did. Amanda Harwood had a good one. There are names in there that can cause an upset. On a standout is I'm not convinced. Yeah. yeah. The standout is Mikuru Suzuki. And she's got a horrible draw there. Laura Turner and Aileen de Graff is not a nice way to start this tournament. Um, Rihanna Sullivan's another one to watch out for. She was very, very impressive yeah. in the ladies' series throughout. Not a nice draw for Paula Jacqueline. Obviously started her campaign and ended her campaign last year with Lisa Ashton demolishing. Um, that'll be a tough one for her. Um, the fact that the format has gone up for the ladies is a big, big boost, as is the fact the money's gone up as well. So that's superb for this as well, by the way. Um, getting to see a best of seven sets final for the ladies will be incredibly interesting. It's, it's definitely what that game deserves. Yeah. Again, if you're picking one, who are you, who are you going with? Definitely your turn first this time, Tom. <laughs> Is it? No. Um. <laughs> I think we have. <coughs> The youngest combined WDF world champions ever. After Luke Littler lifts the men's title at 14, I think Bo Greaves wins this. And I know she's had issues throughout the year, hasn't been great in front of cameras or streams whenever it's played, and has, has had issues with her throw. But I still think. She has so much talent, and her B game is good enough to win a lot in this field. We didn't see her at the at the women's series since she wasn't ready, but then she went off to Celsi, did bits there. I just think if she gets this right, Bo Greaves delivers on what people have been promising of Bo for a long, long time already, and she's still not even 18. I just hope that the demons don't come back the further she goes in the tournament because no yeah. look, we all saw what Barry Van Peer went through live on TV and it was horrible to watch and I just hope that wouldn't happen to, to Bo if there are if there are still some some problems yeah. um yeah before I 
are you going for Boise before I do mine? I'm going the complete other end of the spectrum. I'm known for data. Just got a feeling this year. Just got a feeling that data's done a pity up this year. So yeah, the complete end of the spectrum uh, age. You've been having a feeling for thirty years. <laughs> Yeah, so I and I'm probably the worst person to pick someone then, so probably Ginster for a, a second round defeat. But I've just got a yeah. feeling that, that this year it's, it's going to be dated, especially with uh, Fallon and Elise and not there. If she doesn't win this year with the absence of those two, it is very difficult to see Dieter Hedman ever winning a women's world title. Yeah, correct. What she's done in the game, superb. Should she have won one yeah. by now? Most likely. Does that translate to deserving for one? Possibly, but you'd never really deserve something in sport until you win it. If she doesn't win it this year, I just don't ever see it happening again. Because you've got the potential of Lisa not having a card next year, which means she'd return to this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think if she's allowed to more events because that was curtailed a lot last year. Suzuki starts playing again properly. I'm going for the eye-catching final. I'm going Anastasia De Bromislova takes on Makuru Suzuki. And I'm going Makuru wins again. Would that put a level with Anna? Does that, has Anna got three? Or would that be a battle of two, two times for a third? Anna has... Anna has three, so that would put Makuru level with her, yeah. That would be interesting. There we go. Um, also, in the week of darts, the online darts live league wrapped up phase six and wrapped up in a remarkable 2021 and boys how good was finals week matt campbell if you're adrian lewis you're now sweating and i'll go as far as say if you're gary anderson you're now sweating as well potentially there's still the increase in format the fact it's up on a stage the fact that the last couple of times we've seen matt campbell play in pdc darts on a stage has been the World Cup and in the key moments he has fluffed his lines a little bit without being respectful that Canada-Belgium game a couple of years ago Canada were all over them Matt missed a few um, was a little bit disappointed in the flat last year but he was superb last week and A.B. Lewis and Gary Anderson are two very very experienced campaigners two two-time world champions or whatever it is that they've done in the game they will have had one eye on that and seen that actually he's getting match practice against solid opponents and playing very, very well. I wouldn't go as far as saying that the 100% concern and going in as Matt Campbell was going in as favourite in both of those games, but that's that gap has certainly shortened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's going to be good. Look, the whole Champions Week was unreal we were we were laughing and joking on saturday that if it happens in a pdc event i feel sorry for whoever has to spot and call ricky evans against danny lalby oh my days 
I'm sure now he changes aiming on his backswing. Yeah, it oh, gets to about here, like, and then he changes his mind as to where he's going and just pings it somewhere else. Yeah, um, it's not just that. We would say, I swear, sometimes Dart Three has left his hand before Dart Two has hit the board. It's it's insane, but Champions Week was off the scale. Um, we also have a return date. The Live League will return Monday, the 17th of January, 2022. The week after Q School. So just to give you a oh, heads up, you will see plenty of players in that week that did not go to Q School. Spoiler alert. Yes. Anyway, for it, but... Oh, yes. um, but yeah, have we missed anything else in a week of darts? No, but we have ten minutes of the show left, and it feels well, like this they're, is they're... the last opportunity to give our Premier League tens. We might have five minutes of Fergie time. So we are going to give you our Premier League tens. Also, chat room, I'd like you to give us your Premier League tens. And also... Get your questions in for question time. So a lot to do in twelve minutes, but we're going to try anyway. That's why I said there, but there, there might be some Fergie time. Boise loves a bit of Fergie time. Boise wasn't <laughs> allowed Fergie time last time, so don't give us that. There's next door. Might not be. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> right, but, but, but before we do this, is this? What we think or what we want. What what if you want what, what we, we want, you'll know you're getting a stupid answer from me. So this is what, what we what think we... the ten will be, yes? Yes. I have three columns of names. I have <laughs> five that should be guaranteed. I have three that sh- I, have, I have five that are guaranteed, in my opinion. There are three that should be in. And then I have a column of eight names that you have to pick two more from. And it's trying to pick those two that is a little bit of a nightmare. I've got mine. Doesn't I know I don't sound convincing at all there, but I think I've got mine. You don't sound convincing at all. So I'll down mine while PB still doing these and dub your sorting out your filters and your columns and then forming it to the ten. I've got mine, but you you can go first. Okay, so Price, Wright, MVG, Wade. Obviously, I'm definitely with all that. Top four as it is. But yeah. before we all go, are we are we all in agreement? Our top four are the same, so we don't have, all have to go through them. Yeah, I don't move. Yeah, yeah. top four Nobody don't move. Sixty grand yeah. is is significant. Yeah, so top top four is as they are. Uh, number five, and I'm put, I'm putting these in order of certainty. Number five, I then though Johnny Clayton. I can't see that moving. I think he's. Apart from being 
world number four that guarantees him a spot. There's no one else more we've assuming than Johnny Clayton. Number six, Rob Cross. Number seven, Dimitri. Number eight, Gary Anderson. Number nine, I still think he's got to be in it for the end of the final. He's not had a bad year, he's Jose. And I can't see how she's not in here. So number 10 for me is Fallon. Gob, have you got yours? I have the first step in the same one that Lee had. Yeah. Right, so yeah, so my, my top four is the same as Boise's. My five and six are the same in Cross and Clayton. Then, Dimitri, because he ticks every box. I've gone rogue with my eight, and I, I base this off of what I said about his world championship. I've gone Joe Cullen because I think he potentially gets to the quarterfinals, semifinals of the world. When he, when he said Rogue, I thought we was going to have the return of the uh, Barney Army to the Premier League. No, no, no. I, I don't know where Rogue no, is going. I, 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 I don't think he'd be a manage, but where, where I think he gets to the quarterfinals, semifinals of the world, I think that's because of, again, the profile. He fits it. I think that may be enough because that would potentially put him to around world number seven or eight as well. So I've got Joe Cullen. Well, just so you I know, Phil, Gary. world number seven. Well, world number seven currently is Jose. Just just throwing that in the mix while you're naming your ten. <laughs> if you'd have heard what we had in the press room, you're done. Jar, Jar understands. <laughs> um. I don't agree with it, but I think Ando gets in. I wouldn't have him, but I think he's in. And pick number 10, Balan Sherrick. I'm also going to say something in the Premier League after Gob's given his. I think you've gone early on, Colin. I'm not sure he's had. I do as well. Maybe we yeah. had conversations he was close last year. We know from conversations <laughs> that I want in this event, but I don't think he's done enough this year to warrant it over the other players. I think he needs a final, a world final, to to yeah. Delhi. I don't think the quarters or semi will do it. Will be enough. Yeah. Oh, who are your ten? Price, Wright, MVG, Wade. Johnny Clayton, Rob Cross, Jose de Souza, Dimitri Vandenberg. Those eight are in. Jose for getting to the final. Dimmy for just ticking every box, like he said. He's, he's young, he's slim in comparison to a lot of dark players. He's got that image that people want to push. 
I'm with you on Gando, Phil. I don't think he should be in. Yeah. But unless somebody like Adrian Lewis or Raymond Van Barneveld make the world final, Gary goes in because he's still got the songs, the chants, the nostalgia. Agreed. Which means the final spot is between... I had six names written down, but I actually think it's between three. I think it's between Fallon. I think it's between Christoph Ratajski, but he needs a very, very good world. And I think it's Ryan Searle. I'm not sure Asper's done enough this year. don't think Michael no, Smith has done enough this year. in my maybe column. And the other maybe as a, as a massive outsider was Raymond Van Barneveld. So making a final was big for him, but unless he goes and makes the last four here, I don't think it'd be him. Ratajski, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I think the fact that Ratajski's English is not great in comparison, and you've already got Jose in the field, works against him. I, I, Dob, I also think on your Barney point, Barney that's removed completely because he wasn't invited to, was it the World Series? As soon as they didn't invite him to that, I thought, well, he's sort of done quite a lot down the pecking order, so it wasn't even in my list just for that reason. Yeah, but he does love a World Championship and a, a quarter-final or better for Barney in his first-year return. You think he has won a Pro Tour as well? I know it's not a, a TV, but yeah, uh, I think somehow Fallon ends up in there. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced by it, but I think it happens somehow. The, the, the Fallon thing, what Eddie said this week, convinced me even more. Yeah. And like, I've um, got a little bit of an issue with what he said, actually, because all the while, like, I'm just so torn between the PDC spinning the line that it's a meritocracy, and if you're good enough, you can turn up, play, and do whatever. And then him coming out this year saying he wants a Women's World Championship again. At which point, if you want a Women's World Championship, why are you wildcarding or, or giving opportunities for the women to play in the, the, the Open World Championship? The minute you have a Women's World Championship, the opposite one has to be a men's, not an Open. That's my opinion. The minute, the the minute you separate the championship by gender or sex, you have to do it all over. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But Ed, like, Eddie knows this from boxing. Remember when he signed Katie Taylor? He said this was a one-off. He had no interest in women's boxing. However, the money women's sport generates in advertising because huge companies want to get on board with women's sport, he changed his mind. And then you saw him sign two, three, four, five women fighters. Um, they've headlined shows and i think he sees the same in darts that maybe he doesn't want to but that pound note that dollar sign is ringing too much it may um, i just, I, I just i'm just I'm, I'm a sports and romantic i think it should be all about being there based on ability and look sport is the only place that you get fairy tales I've said that so many times, but they happen naturally. They happen by you letting drama unfold, by players putting themselves into these positions, not by governing bodies, in inverted commas, because the PDC technically aren't one, 
manufacturing opportunities and situations for this to happen. That loses its gloss. Right, I've just got a couple of bits. I've got one which I'll do in a minute. Two, I've just looked at what James said, and I've just looked at the numbers. If it's if Cullum doesn't have a good one, I think Michael Smith potentially goes box seat. Because the money he's on now, the section of the drawer he's in, he could easily, not easily, but he could potentially leapfrog Dimitri or Gando, Dimitri, and maybe even Jose. Michael Smith is in a very good place in this ranking with the Worlds. Leapfrogging so, Gary would be big, but at the yeah. same time, well, I, I suppose the issue is that neither of them have been very complimentary of the PDC in the last year. They're both just as likely to have a pop. Well, They're both just as likely that, that, to average that, more that, than that, four as they the are. Problem with, I love Johnny Boy to bits. It's genuinely I, not that bad a point. Getting a little bit younger, putting Smith in there, yeah. Gary's had his opportunities. If he has a bad tournament here as well, okay, he's defending a, a final from before, but that A.D. Lewis, Matt Campbell... Look the draw is where Michael Smith was in it. And he's not in a bad spot in the draw either. It's that he potentially... I mean, he runs into... If Gary doesn't win anything. Yeah, he, um, he potentially runs into Johnny Clayton in round four. But... Round four would give him 35 grand on the cut. If he defeated Johnny, then the rest are in trouble because he's not defending anything. The other thing as well, what I was going to say, I don't know, I don't know anything. I'm just surmising. I think there's a twist in the Premier League again as well. I think too many people are saying it needs rehashing or something needs to happen. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a twist on January the 3rd. Not this year. Not this year. The only reason I say year. that, I'm not going to drop it in it, but someone that I know said Sky was still <laughs> pushing for the contenders. That's a terrible idea. I don't know. I'm not yeah, saying... Yeah, but what I'm saying, if they're pushing for something else than other than a flat 10, <laughs> there must be talks to do something. Yeah. I'm not um, saying the contenders have yeah, we're we're fully that's, aware that's that anyone all, wants to as well. And Premier League is the perfect event to do so in. And to be honest, a contenders would be a guaranteed shot for Fallon Sherrick to be in the Premier League in some capacity for at least one night. Dob, Dob, just on your ten. Just on just yeah. on your yeah. ten. Who was your who was your tenth? Does your name for it? Who was your number ten? I went Fallon. I went Fallon. Fallon. I said it was Fallon all day. Yeah. No, your, yours yeah. was PB. I, I didn't have Dobbs because he, he named uh, Matosti and Phil. I think me and PB had the same ten, completely. No, I, I had Joe Cullen. You had Jose. We have you nine have, of the same. Yeah, Jose. You, oh, yeah. Dob, you had the same ten as me, I think. I believe. Uh, yeah. We had the same... Same top four, then Cross, Clayton, Dimi, Ando, Jose and Sherrick. Yeah. Same ten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it just wouldn't surprise me if there was a twist 
to the Premier League if they announce some kind of twist. And he's a showman. Once he's putting his stamp on it, will massively contribute it. But I think, I think that this year might be a little bit too short notice. But then they do run the risk of missing the boat on Fallon. Um, They've already set the weeks which makes it incredibly difficult to do anything adjustment with the format unless Sky are going to have longer sessions and maybe cut the format of the games. I, I don't enjoy the second phase. I think the extra two legs is a, is, a, is, a, is a bit of a waste just to fill some extra time. They could have more players still involved in that sort of thing. Um, yeah, this is what I don't know, but I just feel... Contenders, you worked really, really well. Contenders up until lockdown in... in Year two worked okay. They were reasonably competitive. You had Fallon pinching a draw. You had Luke Humphreys beating Gary Anderson. And the minute it all locked down after Exeter, there was a genuine point could be made that the contenders could have gone 50% in that campaign. They didn't yeah, no, because the players they had nothing to play for and whatever. You looked at the likes of Desvan coming in. They had relatively nice matchups and that sort of thing in that end of that campaign, but they ended up playing in front of no crowd, no home crowd, anything like that. I just don't. If they if they go contenders, it should be the next up. It should be there should be something for those guys to play for, not based on location. Seeing the same players that have already had the opportunity once or twice, because they're not the next guys off the treadmill. It should yeah, be guys. That, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to be contenders, but I just yeah. think that if that if, if Sky is still looking to do something, there is obvious yeah. talk around tweaking it somehow, just from not your straight ten. You play each other to it, a relegated after after halfway. Yeah. So if there's some tweet, yeah, if it is a tweet for me, what I would like to see is either the top four meaning something in regards to if you make finals night, you're guaranteed in next year, something like that, or the flip of that. I'm with Dob. I I don't like the split off because the relegation actually means nothing. You're not relegated. You just miss. For me, players have to fear relegation. Yeah, players have to fear relegation. They're just a 25-35 to grand and don't have to travel for the next eight weeks so they can get ready for the match play. Yeah, but Dob, if if that relegation is... I'm just about to say it's how it is. I'm just about to go in on Jaria. (laughs) Yes, it's a travelling circus. However, people have got to realise the Premier League pays for the Pro Tour. Without the Premier League, the Pro Tour money isn't there. So yes, it might be a travelling circus and it goes round, but the money the Premier League generates props up everything else. Because with no entry fees and everything like that, the 100 grand per Pro Tour now, 30 Pro Tours, where are you generating that from? So without this travelling circus... Your grassroots darts is dead. There's no money in it. So that's what, another reason why it's important. I still think it's crap. <laughs> but without it, but yeah. you don't get 100 grand a pro tour. Yeah. I, just, I, I hate the sketchiness of the qualification and, and picking players in and whatever else. Yeah, makes a good point that the World Series does pretty much the same job. We had this discussion the other day. I can't remember what the number was. I'm going to scroll back and find it. About the percentage of number of days that Sky or, or 
PDC darts is on TV and how many of them are actually ranked? I have the numbers. I did the calculations based on last year's. It's about 41%. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. 41% of day of number of days that PDC events are on TV for next year will be unranked. That is an awfully high percentage. But these tournaments generate obscene amount of money. The ticket sales for the Premier League, the television rights. Arguably, the Premier League creates or is better for a sponsor than the Worlds. The Worlds, don't get me wrong, you get, boom, two and a half weeks of constant coverage and it's huge. However, the Premier League is three months or four months or whatever it is of coverage every week. And where there's not a lot of darts on, those clips and always get reused in the week so in the build-up you're seeing premier league stuff the day after you see in premier league stuff arguably in terms yeah. of market marketing and everything like that the premier league is bigger than the world's and i do i, do, I think as well pb what's key to it is the premier league returning and returning to the format we've seen in previous years and not what we've seen last year we i know we're doing the review of last year we talked about the highlights of the premier league but the highlights of the premier league was the week with fans However, normally it is that week on week, every Thursday, every Thursday evening, seven o'clock. Um, that's the thing we look forward to. And the thing I'm looking forward to next year, the Premier League, is more that it's back each week and we've not got these four or five weeks of games. That adds to it as well for me. I, I'm a fan of yeah. the Premier League. And if the 10 that we've said, I know we've said nine out of 10 between us, uh, we've agreed on, if it is a, a, that sort of Premier League, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Tommy, the, 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 the words will always be bigger. I'm not arguing. Yeah, in terms of, I just think the Premier League in terms, just gives you so much. So the team yeah, get to week no, number four, yeah, Liam, same thing over and over again. And we're bored. Yeah, no, Mike, Mike 100% that, yeah, they, they never fear relegation because the panic would be that Michael Van Gogh and Gary Anderson, Peter Wright, as an absolute shocker, gets relegated and then can't play next year. Uh, that, that's why it will never happen. A hundred percent with you. Um, or at least bottom spot. Yeah. Um, right. I know we're in overtime, but we are still going to take ten minutes of questions because we never we never leave the show without question time. I know we, we, we knew tonight was going to be a long show. We'll just say there's been an injury down in the corner. They're stretching him off now. The board's just said ten extra minutes, <laughs> as it does at Old Trafford normally. Nah, he's long gone. I don't get that. <laughs> um, so, uh, get your questions in, everyone. What's that? I was just doing a Lee impression. Yeah. It's fine. We talked about it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but whilst the questions are coming in, again, just want to thank everyone for their continued support of the Live Lounge across 2021. Been at Absolutely, excuse me, magnificent. We can't wait to bring it well, in 2022. We're, we're planning on it all. Don't, mate. Don't, sorry. I was like, we, we, me, me and God were talking now. We're, we're trying try to plan a day or a Zoom call where we work on new backdrops and everything like that to freshen everything up for 2022. We've got the smallest window to get this done. 
between everything. But we're going to try. What are you going to say, Boise? All I was going to say is when we're coming into questions, a question that came up earlier that was very good when we was doing the review was one around Johnny Clayton. Can't remember exactly word for word the question. Oh, has he tailed off a little bit? Has he tailed off a little bit, yeah, towards the back end of this um, year? So, what very good year, but has he then tailed off performance wise going into a tournament that he doesn't uh, usually do very well in? Um, I, know, I, th- I think he's been, I think he's still there or thereabouts. I don't think he's down off. He's been hit and miss. He's been up and down. He, he's, has he won back-to-back televised titles this year? I don't think he has. Sort of the trend of Johnny Clayton. Wins one, gap, wins another, gap of three, wins another, gap, wins no, one, gap, gap between of them three. It's gap between them all. Be, yeah. Gap yeah. of one, gap of three, gap of one, gap of three would be the world championship. Yeah. Um, Charlie says in 2022, will God witness a nine dart alive on a stream? <laughs> <laughs> Gob says when we all meet in Leeds at the Premier League next year, you'll witness a boxing match and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely doing you. <laughs> I'm joking, mate. Jack says, "Will Max Hot lose his tour card?" Uh, for me, based on the current slide, yes. I think so. Yeah. So we need to check the numbers. 59th. Yeah, I don't think he's safe, and he's not in. Uh, Scott Waits at more of a risk. Um. Uh, do you know what? He might stick it out just. He needs six players below him to get above 48 grand. Barney and I, I, I think he next loses year, it next year. This yeah. year, I think he just comes on. I think Scott Waits is on the bubble just when he needs, I think it's five players to go above him, and you can pretty much say three of them are there. Um, yeah. If their first round draw, it would be massive upset for that to not happen. But, um, yeah. Uh, Chris asked, do you know Peter Hudson is reportedly replacing in the world? It was the Spaniard Rodriguez? No, it's not. No, um, Gordon Mathers is replacing him. Mathers, there was some yeah. chat on social that there was a third, but nothing's been confirmed. Yes, yes my Um Where is it? Where, where did Monita say? Phil and crew, with the current top 32... Who do you think will move up and down? Good question. So, top 32. One for me moving up, and I only see him getting better and better and getting his first TV title next year, is Chris Dolby. I can see him being in the top... 16 by this time next year, if not a little bit higher. I actually like 
the group just outside of the top 32 or around that 32 mark, that Hetter, Dobie, Rids, Ross Smith, Ryan Joyce, Kim Hybrex, Aidy Lewis little group. I think they've all got big years ahead of them next year. You can see they're moving up. Mensor Sulevic, depends how much he commits to the tour. Ian White, Devon Peterson, they're all in a little group that I can see going the opposite direction. Glenn Dorrance in there, yeah. obviously. Simon Whitlock could go either way. I think Daryl Gurney could go either way at the moment as well. He's, he's been putting in the hours. You can see that in his game. But he seems to be a very good result away from kicking on or a very bad result from actually it, it going terribly wrong for him again. So, um, yeah, there, there's that little pivot, I think, between 20 and 38 where there seems to be they're just all going to swap places and flip, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's quite quite tight and quite close in there. Um, every time you think Vincent's going to slip, he finds a run. But in turn, Devon's defending an absolute king's ransom in 2022. I fear for the African warrior at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also Ian White. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen that, nothing that link to yeah. That, that Whitlock, Devon, Mike Four is is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, someone asked earlier as well. I can't remember who it was. But I just remember there. The Nathan Aspinall injury. So we're just going off what we saw on social media that during his exhibitions in Scotland, I think it was last weekend, the wrist was very heavily taped and strapped in all the pictures on social media, which. For me, you're only strapping it for one reason. That there's an issue. Yes. So we don't know what it is. Just on, just to, just on the pictures that, that we've seen suggests that there is a, some kind of wrist arm injury for Nathan Aspinall at the moment. Um, yeah. That's it. Oh, I was going to say one, one that we're talking about and we're looking forward to next year. Perfect question for me from Tommy is talking about the World Seniors as we haven't touched upon it this year. Looking forward to next year, but World Seniors, who's your favourite for the World Seniors? Martin Adams. Hard to disagree. There's a very well they played, but um, all his name just left my head. Qualified second day, Dob. Devin Burness, yeah. So, his name's to me, left me, uh, left me. Devin Burness is, is one for me who's certainly in that mix. Um, yeah, like yeah um, Dad, it's the normal four referees um, George, Kirk, Hugh, and Russ. I think Richie Burnett, by the way. Yeah, no, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with, with, with Burnett. I, I really do like the look of Vaness. He's, he's so solid. Um, my only worry is why I haven't said him is he could go and get a tour card. Yes. And look, I think there's a couple in this field that could potentially yeah. do the same. Um, I don't think Kevin Payne is going to go back to Q School. I think he's pretty sound no. playing in this. But your likes of, of Robert Thornton in particular, Kevin Vaness, they're going to be yeah. in Q School. And, yeah. and they, let's they be honest, we've not, we're, we've not mentioned him because it's the obvious name, but he's still going to be up there, Phil Tyler. If not, isn't he? Is he? We, we literally released an interview with him. He says he's not ready. 
And the thing well, is, he said he wasn't ready six months. And if Phil Taylor hasn't corrected that in six months, there's an issue. There's, my there's worry still is that competitive play. It's all right yeah. finding it on the practice board, but a lot of these players are going to have regular match practice under their belt heading into the seniors. Even Keith Deller yeah. is going back and playing Super League at the moment to get match practice. Keith Deller is putting a lot and, of hours in, by the way. And, and that worries me. Only he is like my biggest friend on social media at the minute, trying to put some content out for World Seniors because he is everywhere. Oh, he, um, he went. He did a um, four-hour practice session with Ryan Meikle the other day, and he's back playing local really? comps. And and that's my worry for Phil, is he might find it between now and February on a practice board, but not no competitive match practice is a worry. Sort of averages you think we'll get at the world seniors a lot of the invited players have been off tv for a while I, I had this conversation with jason france at the qualifier i think we're going to get somewhere between mid 80s and mid 90s for the most part with the odd um, hundred with the odd flash we'll be able, from burnett or yeah, something yeah. like that we, we definitely might get the odd performance that is exceptional uh, we, we we will almost certainly get the odd player that, that drops below the 80 mark. I think we'll have, we'll have a couple of them at some point. But I think for the most part, it will be mid-80s to mid-90s. I, I genuinely think it'll be a reasonable standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, Big, um, Big Johnny says, that's one has got tennis elbow. It was up in Scotland. If he's got tennis elbow, he's got a bit of a problem. Yeah. And Gezi, he'll oh, get Gob. it fixed for him. Gob, do you want to end the poll as well? Literally about to do that. What a good way to wrap. Let me just switch it out. Literally about to do that. Happy days. And your winner, player of the year. Johnny Clayton. In his best Johnny Mac impression. <laughs> I'm better looking than Johnny Mac. Just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. right, everyone. We are deep into Fergie time. We are going to sign off for now. It has been an absolute pleasure bringing you the Live Lounge in 2021. Myself, Gob, Boise, Jar, it's been an absolute pleasure. The Live Lounge will return after the World Championships. Monday night, 8pm. The time isn't going to change. Make sure you join us. We have got everything planned or planning for Q School and everything like that. We are going to try and bring you everything we possibly can. We are going to be stretched to the absolute limit, but we'll get there somehow between now and the second week in february you are going to be sick of the sight of us that is for sure but thank you very much for your continued support wishing you all a very merry christmas happy new year enjoy time with family friends and loved ones we have been online darts like i said myself gob boise signing off the year in 2021 
Thank you all very, very much. And we will see you in 2022. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.